Happy Friday to you, everyone. Caroline Gonzalez coming to you from Studio B here at the Oshner Sports Performance Center on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'll be joined later on the show by my co-host John DeShazer as he and I interview longtime Carolina Panthers quarterback and former Saints quarterback Jake DeLome, who is also a color analyst for Panthers Radio. He gives some insight on the Carolina Panthers. As always, we also have our Fantasy Football Friday segment with fantasy football analyst Derek James, and we have a Friday edition of Saints Sit-Downs D-Line edition, so I'll chat with Marcus Davenport, Sheldon Rankins, and Malcolm Brown, all starting defensive linemen for the New Orleans Saints. You don't want to miss it. But let's go ahead and get into our interview with Jake DeLone. Uh, Jake Carolina coming in to play the Saints this week, and it'll be the first meeting between the two teams this season. Carolina 5-5, five and five, probably coming off their worst game of the season, I would imagine, against uh, the Falcons. What were some of the concerns coming out of that game? Because I know Kyle Allen had a real, really rough go of it with the, the four interceptions, and he was sacked five times. Yeah, I think that's uh, – I think you hit on both of them. You know, John, um, I think going into the game, Carolina has had two clunkers this year, one in San Francisco. And I'll be quite honest, they just ran into a buzzsaw that day in San Fran. And um, San Fran did a great job just gashing uh, Carolina and in, in, uh, running the football, and it was just their day. But last week against Atlanta, uh, you know, I think after this bye week, Atlanta's been a different football team. I'll be very honest. That's the, that's the uh, team everybody watched, thought they were going to be. Yes, and, and preparing for the, for the game last week, when I turned on the film and watched the Saints game, I'm like, I don't know who looks like the one in 17 here. Yeah. The Saints just didn't look like the, the, their, normal, their normal team uh, with the consistency that they play with. And Atlanta, just defensively, they just played fast. They played different. They played fast. I thought Atlanta just attacked at all times. And uh, and going into the game last week, I was anxious to see how if this Atlanta team would be the same way. I mean, they changed up kind of coordinators. Jeff Albrecht does, like, what, first, second down. Raheem Morris moves from the receiver coach to now the DB coach, and he's calling third down. And and um, I had an interesting uh, conversation with Matt Ryan before the game. I was talking with him and Matt Schaub, and I asked him, I said, what's going on? I said, who is this team that played last week against the Saints? And I remember Matt Ryan, Matt looked at me, and he said, Jake, he said, we're a good team. He said, we're just young in certain areas, and they're starting to grow up, and they're starting to play fast. He said, we're just, he said, we're starting to get it now. And sure enough, they win the toss. And they elected to receive. They wanted the ball immediately, and they were able to get three points, and then it just started with the turnovers for us right after that. And our defense did a great job, but we just we couldn't get anything going. And any time we did move the football, we kind of turned it over. And we had a few issues trying to block them. Uh, Greg Little came in at left tackle his first game since, uh, uh, gosh, I think the Houston Texans game, which was week four. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had some trouble. Um, they, they got after him, and it wasn't just him. There were some other guys. The, the Falcons pass rush did a really good job of getting to Kyle, and Kyle tried to force one or two things later on in the game, caused some, uh, some scoring opportunities, but just couldn't get anything going offensively. Um, and just Atlanta, it was almost like once they took the lead, they just took the air out of the ball, so to speak, in a way. And Matt Ryan just kind of – how he performed at the line of scrimmage. They gave him a bunch of different plays. He made the right play. When we played coverage, he checked it down, and we could just never get in the rhythm after that. Yeah, I'll tell you what. We saw the exact same thing the week before against the Saints where they took the lead and just 
basically just hogged the football the rest of the game and kind of got the Saints in a bit of a desperation mood. Uh, uh, but, Jake, do you do you have a little bit of an affinity for Kyle Allen? I mean, you guys, I guess kindred spirits, so to speak, you know, undrafted quarterbacks, you come in, you get a chance to play. Uh, you were able to lead Carolina to its highest heights to the Super Bowl, and Kyle Allen looks like a guy that they might be comfortable going into the future with. Well, Yes, I, I do. You know, being the undrafted type and, and things of that nature and um, getting an opportunity to play, uh, I, I do. But you know what? I think Drew feels the same way. I think that approach, because let's remember, Drew, yeah, great college player, set all kind of records, second-round pick, and then a franchise got rid of him, so to speak. That yeah. A franchise didn't sign him. And so he comes to New Orleans, which probably is probably one of the worst things that happened to Carolina, and the best yeah. thing that happened for uh, New Orleans. But, uh, you know, those guys, and when I say those, I mean, you get like a Drew, a Kyle, it's, uh, it means something to them. And they're always going to have that chip on their shoulder. And I do kind of relate, I guess, with Kyle, undrafted, uh, gets an opportunity last year. I mean, he was cut from the Panthers last year. And then they bring him back and gets an opportunity to play. Um, and then he's kind of made the most of it. And he's had a couple of games uh, this year that, you know, he's, it's some growing pains. That's what it is. I don't how many reps did he truly get with Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, uh, Greg Olson during camp, and now you're playing from week three on, and he's done some fantastic things. And last week was a game that I don't think we were expecting because the week prior when Carolina went to Green Bay, in the snow, last drive of the game, he marches this team down the field, completion after completion, fourth down, making plays, and we get stopped on a, a, a two-yard run um, to, to tie the game with no time left. So was expecting to see like a big jump. He showed some, some, some great moxie in that game. But we just started out slow, and the turnovers kind of bit us. Um, and you could tell he was pressing a little bit, trying to make some plays uh, as the game went on against Atlanta, and we just could never get to it. And I know it, it, it bothers him. Obviously, it bothers all quarterbacks, but I know it truly bothers him and uh, – I'm looking forward uh, to watching him try to bounce back Sunday. And this is not an easy task going into New Orleans. I can promise you that. Yeah, now, Jake, this isn't game-related. We'll get back to the game stuff. But but as a Louisiana, not as a Louisiana, actually, just as a football player, a, a former NFL player, uh, how impressed are you with what the Saints have been able to do these last couple of years? Because you went to the Super Bowl in 2003. You guys had a lot of injuries in 2004, uh, didn't get back to the playoffs, even though you had a hot streak down the stretch. You get back to the playoffs the next year, but you understand how difficult it is to bounce back from that level of heartbreak. The Saints have had it for two straight years uh, with Minnesota and then the missed call last year, and yet here they are, 8-2, and two, uh, looking no worse for the wear. How impressive is that that a team can, I guess, maintain that psyche uh, through, through what the Saints have been through? Well, I think it says something about that locker room uh, and that coaching staff. But it's those players. I, I know exactly what you're talking about because two years, the Minnesota miracle and then the, the no-call last year. But I'll be honest with you, I got asked that question a great deal all offseason. Uh, you know, can, can the Saints bounce back? Well, yes, they can. They have number nine playing quarterback. He's so mentally strong and uh, that he, that's not going to affect him. He's going to be it, – it's turn the page. Let's go. we got to go forward. It's this year. But this roster is deep. This roster that the Saints have is, is fantastic. The draft that they had the last few years has, uh, has just been outstanding. And listen, when you have good football players that love the game, and that's evident when you watch the Saints play, 
um, you have one of the premier defensive uh, defensive ends in the National Football League in Cam Jordan, and he loves to play. You have one of the premier cornerbacks, uh, right? I know he has a hamstring in Lattimore, but it seems like the bigger the game, the more this guy shows up. And you have that, and then you have Drew leading the offense, where it's just he's going to make sure that offense is always going to be on point. But it's just a great job, I just think, to the front office and the coaching staff. But I'll be very honest. I think a lot has to do with the guy pulling the trigger for this football team. Uh, he just he gives everybody hope. And then he goes down with an injury this year. And Teddy Bridgewater, I've never heard one person around the National Football League say anything negative about this guy. Just love this kid to death. And the team played for him. And, and that's the thing. This is, this is a solid football team from – you know, from number one man uh, on the 53 to number 53. This is just a – this is a Super Bowl caliber type team that the Saints have. I'll tell you what, Jake, if you met Teddy, you would like – I can't if, – if you don't like Teddy, he's one of those guys, if you don't like him, there's probably something wrong, probably something wrong well, with you. you see that. You see how the team responds. Even last year, the, the whole dancing in the locker room bit, I mean, you don't – yes, a starter, they carry a lot of weight. But he's a backup guy with the first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback and his team loves him and things like that. That just goes a long way. That just shows the makeup of the roster. Yeah. Hey, hey now getting back to Carolina, Carolina leads the league in sacks 39. They're third in interceptions with 12. Uh, the pass defense seems to be pretty phenomenal. They're only giving up about 233 yards a game passing. Um, what has made them really phenomenal in, in terms of a pass defense? Because there ain't no Julius Peppers around there wreaking havoc anymore. Now they've got a, a, a new cast of characters, but they don't seem to have, have slumped off at all. No, they really haven't. And I think the biggest thing is the rotation of players. They play a lot of guys up front, you know, in the, in, in the, the front seven, but especially the front four guys. There's a constant rotation of players, and it's a different set of players. I asked Coach Rivera that after uh, one of the games. It might have been the Houston Texan game. I asked him on the post-game uh, interview just about that. And he said, you know, Jake, an offensive lineman can't get set in a routine going against the, the same guy for, throughout the course of the game. So we rotate players in. We have guys that play in. We move them inside. Some of the inside guys we move outside. So, And that made total sense what he was saying. There's not a certain – that rhythm you can get into and Jordan Gross who does some of the Panther broadcasts also the former offensive lineman for the um, for the Panthers he said the same thing he said that is difficult because you can never get a bead on who you're going against because it's a constant rotation but they just rotate a bunch of guys in a lot of speed guys uh, that's gotten to the quarterback and we've actually Brian Burns the first round pick has been fantastic but he's been slowed a little bit by a hand injury and he had a surgery and he kind of had a club on the hand, and he's kind of gone to more of a, a brace, I guess you could say. And there should be a couple of more sacks where he had quarterbacks, but he was only grabbing with like two fingers because of the brace. Um, so they just do a great job of rotating guys in, and they get after the quarterback. And uh, like you said, 39 sacks. It's been a fantastic job rushing the passer. You know, Jake, I'm not even going to ask a question to go along with this. I'm, I'm just going to say the name and let you riff off of it. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. I don't know if there's a word that I could describe. Um, he, and listen, to me, he reminds me a great deal of, of Alvin Kamara. I, I just, uh, when you watch both those guys play, but Christian is just his durability. He's a three-down back. His, his, the way he keeps his body in shape, the way he takes care of himself, and it's like he gets stronger as the game goes on. And his ability to run between the tackles, that I, I think is, it, that's kind of the... Uh, 
the great unknown that people had about him, so to speak. You just didn't know the durability-wise. But he's shown a fantastic job. And I'm going to say something that sounds silly, but his feet are always underneath him. That's why he can just make these one cut so quick and just kind of go forward. He's always in balance. He's always in balance. Um, and that's why he does a great job running the ball and even catching the football. I truly believe you could line him up as a starting flanker or split in. And I promise you the number one corner would have trouble covering him from comebacks to dig routes to post routes to slants. It doesn't matter. This kid is a special football player, and obviously the Panthers try to use him as much as possible. You know, I, I was going to say something. I don't, I don't want to insult Greg Olson, but is he their best offensive threat since maybe Steve Smith? And you know a lot about Steve Smith. Oh, oh, there's no doubt. I mean, listen, this this kid, this is a special kid. You know, Greg, he's getting up there in age, but if you watch the production and watch him play, you really don't see that, to be quite honest. He's had two years of a of some uh, freak uh, kind of a foot injury two years in a row, but this year Greg has, uh, has done a fantastic job, um, and he's still there. But Christian, he's just – you want to get him the ball every chance you get because we do have two young, very talented wide receivers. One's in his second year, D.J. Moore. Curtis Samuel in his third year. Um, and he was kind of a gadget guy at, at Ohio State. It wasn't necessarily a true wide receiver. He played running back and things like that. So there is a lot of offensive talent. Um, but Christian, he, he, he's, the, he's the straw that stirs the drink. I mean, there's no doubt. Jake, you'll appreciate this. How difficult is it to find a good partner on the radio call? Because, you know, see, I've been sitting here this whole time with J.D., and I asked him if he wanted to say the first question, and then every other time he was like, oh, I have another one, I have another one. So, you know, I didn't even know that I was on this interview, but here I am. But, Jake, how has it been transitioning from, obviously you were a great, a great football player, but now you're on the radio side and becoming an analyst. How has that transition, and was it kind of easy for you, or is it kind of – Week by week, you're picking up more and more. Well, wait before you answer that, Jake. Well, oh, before see, you answer see, that, Jake, look. I just got I just got to say this: closed uh, mouths don't get fed. I, I heard that somewhere. No, I <laughs> I like so it. Annoying. I like it. Well, he's so you, one, I can just tell the the dynamic between you two. You get along, and that's why it goes well. And I close. hate her, Jake. But I've been very I, <laughs> good. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Um, but you know, I. I I was looking forward to this. This is something that I've always wanted to do. I've done a lot of high school games. I've done some college games. And it's just kind of the way things have kind of shaped up in life. My, my two daughters have gotten older and we're a little more kind of, um, I, I guess, set in our ways and things like that. So I'm not missing a whole lot. But I am loving every minute of this. It's a lot of fun. It's like preparing for a game. Watch film. Read as many articles as I can. Try to pick up any tidbits. But when you're on the radio, the game gives you your content. Uh, you know, the game gives it to us. Yeah, we have our keys to the game, what we think should happen, what we should do. Um, but that's what I enjoy most. Mick Mixon is the play-by-play guy. And if you can't get along with Mick, Mick and kind of feed off of him, then you have a problem. So it's been a lot of fun. I think the biggest thing that I've tried to do is make sure I don't try to say too much. I guess you can say sometimes CJD. less is more. Um you know, <laughs> that's a good jab right there. I like that. Um, but, you know, you just try to um, explain to the audience what happens. Don't you want to you can use football terms, but sometimes this is a novice you're explaining to. Just make it simple. Explain it in the simplest terms. And I try to do that with, with, 
you know, we're getting good feedback, but I'm, I'm very, I'll be very honest. The content of the game gives you everything that you say. That's what I enjoy most about it. Um, and I'll be, I'll be very honest. Last week was my toughest game yet because it wasn't fun. It, it wasn't fun to call because it wasn't, it wasn't a whole lot happening, so to speak. Uh, but we made, we, we got through it, and we want to be a, as objective as possible. Um, and that's just the way it goes. So hopefully we can have a little more fun this week. <laughs> but we know it's going to be tough. Yeah, Jake, we've had some great fun games. It's just working with Caroline that's really the downer in them. Um, <laughs> now, when, when you <laughs> – are you meeting the team? You, you know, you're still in Bro Bridge, so you're going to, to yeah. Charlotte, and, and then when they're on the road, just yeah. meeting the team there? Well, we've kind of tag-teamed it this year. As I mentioned, Jordan Gross, uh, he did the sideline once he uh, retired from Carolina for a couple of years, and he was fantastic. And But the family moved back to Boise, Idaho. That's where they're from. And that's a little difficult for him traveling every week back to Charlotte. Yeah. So we've kind of tag-teamed it this year. I've done all, I'm going to do all the eight home games. I did the game in Houston. I'm doing the game this weekend. And Jordan is kind of doing – he did the couple of West Coast games. He did the Green Bay game. He'll be doing the um, – the indie game in Indy. So it's kind of worked out well. Uh, we have a little podcast we do uh, at the end of the week, and uh, I think people are liking it and enjoying it. So it's all, uh, it's all good. It's, uh, it's been a whole lot of fun. You know, so far in my career, I've needed J.D. a lot, but I cannot wait for the day that he needs me because I will make him. That ain't, ain't going to happen. My pride <laughs> yes, will not will. allow that. So it will. That he will need happen. me one day, and I cannot wait for that day to just rub it in his face. Jake, we appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely. Anytime, guys. All right. We'll see you Sunday. Yep. Sounds good. Take care. Thanks, Jake. JD never wants to let me shine. That's why he lets me do the Saints sit-downs by myself, because if not, he would just take over the whole interview. Just kidding. Love, JD. But let's go ahead and get into our interviews. First up is Marcus Davenport. Then we'll get into things with Malcolm Brown. And then last up, Sheldon Rankins. Caroline Gonzalez here with Marcus Davenport. Marcus, who, in your opinion, is the most underrated rapper? Uh, honestly, I would have to say right now, Toby Lou. No idea who that is. What kind of, I mean, he's a rapper, obviously, but where could I find his music? Mm, so my favorite thing for about him is his, uh, his animated videos that go along with his music. Why, did, why am I not surprised by that with you? Well, you know, he's a different cat, and you know. You're a different cat. I'm a different cat. I, I agree with that. Um, worst gift you've ever received? Um, can I make it a build-up? Sure. Okay, so I was younger, and um, my, let's see, what's really the worst one? My dad gave me this camera, camera box, you know, I'm, so I'm like, I'm really disappointed. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, I, thank you, Dad. You thought of me. With the camera, yeah. yeah. But then, you know, luckily I actually opened it and it was the stuff I wanted. But Oh, so it was just like yeah. a, it was a, a gift inside another gift? Yeah, kind of thing? well, yeah. It was like a fake out box? Fake out box. Okay. And he got me. He got me. No, really, my worst one had to be my little brother got all these toys and I'm younger. It was a jacket. My mom bought me a jacket. I was like. Mm, wasn't your favorite jacket? No, I wanted toys. <laughs> Yeah, it's always the worst when you get sweaters and stuff like that. It's okay. I got a, a scale as a gift from a boyfriend once. So, uh, Would you ever let someone else order for you on a first date? Yeah. Yeah? You'd be okay with that? Mm-hmm. Okay. What is the best city to visit for a game, in your opinion? Best city? New Orleans. 
I mean, you're going somewhere else. I know New oh, Orleans is great to play in, but like, like a fan. Yeah. As a fan, mm-hmm. mm, I want. I think I would probably try to visit New York. New York. Yeah. Jets. Giants. Either one. Either one. Okay. If you had to wear one style of shoe for the rest of your life, that means working out, going to weddings, going to funerals, one style of shoe, what would it be? Uh, one style of shoe. Weddings, it'd have to be like some uh, some Adidas van lookalikes. Okay. Yeah. I don't hate it. Caroline Gonzalez here with Malcolm Brown. Malcolm, who is the most underrated rapper right now, in your opinion? I don't know. I kind of listen to mainstream guys, so I'm not an underground kind of guy, though. All right, what is the worst gift you have ever received? Socks and boxers. <laughs> you don't like socks and boxers? No, I mean, I could get those any day of the week. I don't need it for, like, a special occasion. Like, but what if they're, like, silk, like, with a, okay. any other day? Wow, just ungrateful. That's what you are. <laughs> would you ever let someone else order for you? I mean, I know you're married, but hypothetically, would you ever let someone else order for you on a first date? No, I'm very picky where I eat. What if that person kind of knows what you like? They give it a shot, but I probably have to call an audible if they're wrong. <laughs> what is the best city to visit for a game other than New Orleans? What's your favorite city to go visit? It would have to be. <laughs> this is a hard one. What's the idea? Oh no! It would have to be. I played here a couple of times. You know, dome is always nice to play in, especially like you're when you. If I'm visiting Atlanta, it's a dome too. Okay. So you like indoor? Yeah, I mean. It's kind of it's kind of like a control temperature. You're never too hot because the you know the ACs aren't in the game. So every time you start sweating, you always stop instantly once you get on the sideline. One style of shoe to wear for the rest of your life: funerals, weddings, work right here. You see these? I don't even know what they call. They just super comfortable. They don't look like they have any arc support. They just they roll with my feet well though. So you have to work out in those. You have to go to weddings. You have to go to funerals. Definitely wear these everywhere. All right. All right, Caroline Gonzalez here with Sheldon Rankins. Sheldon, in your opinion, who is the most underrated rapper right now? Wow, underrated rapper. Uh, I'm going to go with two guys. Uh, uh, actually, three. Okay. Uh, sorry. Uh, Boogie, he's a West Coast rapper. Uh, I think he signed with Eminem. Oh, I thought you were talking about Jamarcus Cousins. You never know. Some of these guys yeah, are making SoundCloud. Look true. at Teron Armstead. That's, that's very true. You do never know. I mean, you know, Le'Veon Bell and all those guys rap, so you never know. Uh, Boogie, uh, Nick Grant, and this dude named Deontay Hitchcock. He actually was on the uh, Dreamville album, one of the songs on there. He's he's pretty dope, too. So those are probably my top. Are you fairly into music? Like, you're, like, on all of the up-and-coming music, like albums, mixtapes, all that stuff? Nah, I generally listen to just what I listen to, so I'm different than most like most of what I listen to is like old school R&B I listen to like Anita Baker CB1 all that or like jazz like John Coltrane Miles Davis like that's really my normal playlist and then I you know throw some rap and other stuff in there from time to time but that's really mostly what I listen to all right I'm gonna give you a playlist to listen to it's my go-to playlist for that kind of music it's called Soul Coffee on Spotify Would you ever let someone else order for you on a first date? Mm, no, no, I, I can't do that. I, I can't. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I guess it just depends on how long I've known this person. Is it like a friend that I've known forever and then we just started dating? Or is it like somebody I just met and this, we're, this is the first time we're really hanging out? Yeah, that can't happen. Like, I don't I don't know what you eat. You, 
I'm not a vegan. You might be vegan. You order me something that's vegan. I'm like, well, this is, this is starting off on the wrong foot. So, yeah. All right. What's the worst gift you've ever received? Oh, uh, I kind of got to piggyback off Malcolm. But the difference is I don't mind those gifts now. But when I was like eight, I don't. I want toys. I want stuff I can go play with. Like, but don't give me, you know, socks and boxers when I'm eight years old. Like, that's a terrible gift when I'm eight. Like, that's awful. I need socks now. I need somebody to right, fill my right, socks. Right now, like, oh, socks. Appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, appreciate. It. I th- thank you. You can never have enough of those. Now, when I'm a kid, I don't think about that. I'm like, so you really just got me socks? What am I supposed to do with socks? But uh, now it's all like they all get mixed up in the laundry. Then right, you're mismatching right, socks. Right, right. Now, now I got, got a new got this, pair. Right now I got three three socks, and I don't have the other one to go. Yeah, I, so I can always appreciate socks now. Always. All right. Other than New Orleans, what is your favorite city to go visit for a game? Ooh, um, that's a tough one. Uh, so we played in Baltimore last year. Baltimore was dope. Um, and I always like going back home to Atlanta. I mean, it's it's always fun. And then we get to play the Falcons. It's a win-win. win-win. Hopefully, it's a win-win. No, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get all, all, all right, one style of shoe for the rest of your life. Now you have to wear it to funerals. You got to wear it to weddings. You got to wear it to work out. You got to wear it for every event for the rest of your life. What kind of shoe? Nike Free Runs. That's it. Nike Free Runs. They come in an, an assortment of colors. They feel great all the time. Sight, so, I mean, half the time you don't even know you have the shoe on until you step. Like, oh, I do got shoes on. It's perfect. So, yeah, yeah, free runs. Easy. And my, and my foot can just slide right in them, slide right up. But it's they don't perfect. give you enough arc support. I feel like that would, as you get older, you're going to have a hip replacement. You're going to have a few knee replacements. At that point, I'm just laying around the house anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not doing much walking anywhere. Like, I'm like, hey, 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 hey. Bring me, bring me that. Bring me that. Bring me that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's the only reason you would have kids, right? To just no, be like, hey. No doubt. Yeah, that. yeah. I need people to help me. <laughs> help me. Help me be great. All right, Sheldon, I appreciate you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks to go, those guys for their time in the locker room yesterday. You don't want to miss next week's edition. Now, I did talk to the same defensive lineman, but I asked them Thanksgiving questions. So we'll do a Thanksgiving edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast. We'll do a little Saints sit-downs, and we'll also talk to Teron Armstead. So you don't want to miss next week's episode, uh, Thanksgiving special. But let's go ahead. As promised, it is Friday. We will get into our Fantasy Football Friday with Derek James. Eric, thanks for joining me in Studio B. Now, I'm 9-2, and and we're going to get into how your teams are doing, but I thought first we could put a little wager, a little friendly wager on our leagues just individually because we've been doing this Fantasy Football Friday. So I'm thinking, I'm not going to do any money, but I'm thinking – Whoever comes out of this with the best record, and you can you can go with whatever your best record is as of right now, because okay. I know you're in few leagues and I'm just in one. Okay. But we'll just take your best record right now. Whoever ends up winning has to bring breakfast in for the other person. I am Fair? To- I am in. All right. I'm in. All right. I like it. All right. <laughs> so speaking of that, how are your teams doing this? How, how did your teams do this past week? I had another good week uh, this past week. My teams went three and zero for the third straight week, so we're st- we're kind of getting on a bit of a roll. I've been talking to my guys, you know, getting them getting them ready. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> preparing uh, them for all the L's yeah. they're about to take. Yeah, so we're uh, <laughs> we're nine and two in uh, one league. Uh, then my t- my two other teams they're uh, six and five. So uh, we 
we're right right in the thick of things with a couple of weeks to go here. Absolutely. So I have Christian McCaffrey on my team, and I know he's coming to the Superdome this week, but a lot of times people will – talk to me about me having Christian McCaffrey on my team because obviously he's a huge fantasy football leader because of the numbers that he's able to put up each week but is that something that you look at necessarily is your opponents and who they have on their team no I I try not to um so when it comes to who's going against the Saints Mm -hmm. you know obviously the Saints are our team here I try not to I try not to mix fantasy football with reality football too much because Um, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, he's, he's a guy you have to have in your lineup every week. Yeah. Uh, so while I have, him, I have him in one of my leagues, I can keep him in my lineup. But as a fan, I'm able to separate the two. I, I hope he does terrible. Me too. I'll so, take the L. But, you know, if he does what Christian McCaffrey normally does, that's, that's a good thing. But I'm certainly not hoping that, that that happens. Yeah. I know we were talking before the show, you had, or someone else had DeAndre Hopkins on their team. And last night, of course, with the Colts and Texans game, he did pretty well. Yeah. Last night, I, I, I try not to look at my opponent's rosters too much uh, going in, uh, but I couldn't help but notice DeAndre Hopkins put up 27 points on me. Yeah. Uh, my opponent has him in two different leagues. Uh, so that hurt me. But, you know, I try not to look at my opponent's lineups too much because that could cloud your judgment when you're setting your own lineups when you're in multiple leagues. You don't want to be in a, you're setting your lineup because you want to maximize your points. You're not setting it based on who you want to root for each gotcha. week. Yeah. So that that's something I try to try to keep in practice is not paying too much attention to my opponent's lineups until the game is ex- the games have actually started. Hmm, interesting. All right, so I know a lot of people rely on this going into the weekend. So going into this uh, week of fantasy football, who are your stardom players? Uh, a guy that is a must start, and it kind of pains me to say this, uh, is Matt Ryan with Ugh, the Falcons. Yeah, yikes. yeah, that that guy. <laughs> uh, so he's obviously he's mostly owned, uh, but he could be sitting on some people's bench. But he's going against Tampa Bay's defense and they've given up the second most fantasy football points to quarterbacks this year and they're playing indoors so I think that's a that's a that's a big big potential game for him Um, another player I like um, I know we have uh, a lot of quarterbacks on bias this week such as Pat Mahomes Mm. Um, one guy that you could look at starting in place of him that might be out there on the fantasy wire is Baker Mayfield with the Browns Uh, he's going up against Miami's defense which has been a fantasy football charity this year uh, they've given up the fifth most points to fantasy football quarterbacks. Um, and he, he's been very productive as of late. He's put up 20 points uh, each of the, the, the past couple of games, uh, depending on your scoring format. Um, keep an eye on the weather forecast in that one, though, because there is a bit of a chance of rain. So watch out for that on Sunday morning. Uh, one other quarterback I'll mention is Ryan Tannehill. Uh, he's only 26% owned, but he's really been on a roll. He's put up 20 points or more each of the last four weeks. He's also a guy that's not afraid to tuck it and run, so you could could get yourself some rushing yards there. I don't know if you thought about this, but I know last week we had to to record on a Thursday during the day, but you and I were talking about how we were looking forward to the Browns-Steelers game because it seemed like both teams had a lot to prove. And then yeah. the ending of that game, of course, with the Miles Garrett and the Mason Rudolph thing, that was absolutely insane. Obviously, the discussion has carried over into this week, but yeah. I couldn't help but think of you, you know, because we were talking about how excited we were to see the yeah, game, and I think then the I, ending was just... Yeah, oof. I think I made mention that it was just going to be a, another boring, ho-hum Thursday game. And, yeah. 
at the end, if anybody that watched the end of that knows that that was not the case. Yeah, that, not that was unfortunate at all. All right, uh, any running backs that you like going into this week, Derek? Yeah, there's uh, one guy I made mention of last week, Darius Geis uh, with the Redskins. He's only 53% owned. Uh, last week he did pretty well. He had a, he scored a touchdown in his debut game back from the injury. Uh, this week he's going up against Detroit. Uh, Detroit is giving up the most fantasy football points to running backs this year. So he could get a a lot of opportunities. I think he got some goal line opportunities last week. Mm -hmm. Look for his production to or his volume to increase over the next few weeks. Uh, One other guy I like to make mention of that um, is only 39% owned is Bo Scarborough, uh, the old Alabama running back. He's playing against uh, Washington this week. I was week. about to say that name sounds super familiar. Oh, yeah, yeah. LSU fans know about him. Eh, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> if I'm ready to call myself an LSU fan yet. I got yet, you. But <laughs> I got you. Um, so he's uh, with the with Detroit. Um, they gave him 14 carries last week for 55 yards against the Cowboys. He also had a touchdown. So he's a guy that he produced last week, and he outsnapped both Ty Johnson and J.D. McKissick last week. He had 31 snaps, so – He's a guy that, that could get some volume here down the stretch. Hmm. What about uh, Sidham guys? Because I know I just looked at my roster and I had Dak Prescott starting, but I also have Josh Allen as a quarterback, and Dak Prescott's going to be going against the Patriots this weekend. So I sat Dak Prescott and mm-hmm. I played Josh Allen. So who are your Sidham guys going into this week? Uh, one guy that, that I think that has been disappointing from a fantasy perspective but might still be in some guys' lineups is Jared Goff. Hmm. Um, he's struggled the last, last yeah. couple of weeks here and – He's going up against Baltimore's defense, and that defense has given up the six fewest points, points to fantasy quarterbacks. Uh, he's, he's really struggling. He's a guy that you probably want to bench at this point. Um, another guy that might surprise some people is Aaron Rodgers. He's Aaron Rodgers. He's a good player, yeah. obviously. Uh, but this week he's going against the 49ers defense. They have been very difficult on fantasy quarterbacks, giving up the second fewest points. Uh, so and I would also add that the last – couple of games Aaron Rodgers has put up fewer than 15 fantasy points depending on your format so I know he's he's a fun name to have on your your lineup but he's a guy that you really ought to consider benching for maybe one of the guys I mentioned earlier Hmm, those lineups are everything all right now it's not too soon to be looking ahead to playoffs it's kind of crazy to say that we're this far into the season I'm not ready for NFL football to be over but Mm -hmm. if you're looking ahead to playoffs as you're as you're setting your roster what are your thoughts going into uh, this week yeah so one of the things I like to do towards the end of the year is begin differentiating your needed depth on your roster versus potential good matchups down the road in the playoffs. So most fantasy football leagues, their playoffs are going to be starting in about two weeks. Uh, So what I like to do is take a look at defenses. What are some of the defenses that have good fantasy matchups down the stretch that you can add to your roster now Hmm. for use later, either for yourself or to block future opponents from having them. Hmm. Uh, there's three specific teams' offenses that I like that this year I like to try to target their opponent. So Cincinnati, Miami, the Jets, uh, Washington, those are all offenses that have struggled as of late. Hmm. Uh, so with that said, the Eagles defense, they're 36% owned. They're going up against the Giants in Week 14, the Redskins in Week 15. Hmm. The Packers, they're only 23% owned. Their defense is going up against the Giants in Week 13, Redskins Week 14, Bears Week 15. The Browns, they're 80% owned, They play, but they play Miami this week, so a lot of people are going to drop them. However, in Week 14, they play Cincinnati. That's, that's where I wanted to play off. So in all, all I'm saying is if you're a team that's in position to drop some of your depth, 
a team that's in position to make the playoffs, look at some of these defenses down the stretch because that might be the difference between you winning a championship or not. Hmm. I might have to get out my uh, my app and make some adjustments now because now breakfast is on the line, Derek. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Well, I appreciate you joining me, and uh, we'll talk again next week. All right, Caroline. Appreciate it. Thanks to all those who joined the show today. You don't want to miss the Carolina Panthers versus New Orleans Saints game this Sunday. Kickoff is at noon in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. We can't wait to see you all there. If you are not attending the game, make sure you watch the Saints pregame show presented by Harris on NewOrleansSaints.com or the Saints app as J.D. and I break down what you should be watching for the game. That'll go out about at 10 a.m. And, of course, we'll have your Saints postgame show immediately following the game on NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints app. It's the only place where you can watch the live press conferences of Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Again, the Saints play the Panthers this week on Sunday in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Kickoff is at noon. You can watch on CBS. That's WWL Channel 4 local. You can also listen on ESPN Radio or WWL with your own Zach Streif and Deuce McAllister. All right, that'll do it for this week. Hope to see you at the game on Sunday, and we'll talk to you next week.